In a broken world, the word of the Lord had come to a man we know as Abraham. That which was promised at the fall was renewed through a promise that Abraham's son Isaac would bear the promised seed. But Abraham was put into a position where he had to trust the giver of the promise. Through Isaac would come Jesse, and through Jesse would come hope and joy and life. May the grace, mercy, and peace of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ equip us to live in each day in the hope, joy, and life that he alone gives. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, many people today are fascinated by genealogies. There's a number of DNA testing companies and they can tell you where your ancestors came from and all kinds of different information. My dad was even given one of these a few months back as a gift and enjoyed seeing some of the interesting pieces of history of the history of his genealogy. There's all kinds of other links and online data sites that you can even learn the names of your recent and distant people in your family tree history. You and I are all linked to an ancestral tree, and we pass on our ancestral DNA to the next generations. The story told by the Jesse tree began in the garden, and today it leads us to a descendant of Adam and Eve, an elderly man by the name of Abraham. He was not the promised seed of the woman, but he was chosen by God to be the link between Eden and Bethlehem. Abram, as he was once known, was not a special person worthy of this blessing by any means. He, like all of us, was chosen simply by the grace and mercy of God. And so today we consider a story familiar to most of us. How Abraham, the bearer of the promise of the seed of the woman, was prepared to obediently do the impossible. To destroy Isaac, the son of promise, and the next generation of the bearer of the promise of the seed. But Abraham knew something that really changed everything. He knew that God could raise Isaac from the dead. And we see that from Hebrews 11 verse 19. Jesse's tree would grow because its very root is not Adam, Eve, Abraham, or Isaac. But rather, it is Jesus. Modern genetics can tell you a lot about who your ancestors were. A few years ago, the remains of a 15th century English king, Richard III, were discovered under a parking lot. How did archaeologists confirm the identity of the bones? By comparing the DNA in the bones to the DNA of a known 21st century descendant of Richard III's brother. Hidden to the eye is the link that extends from generation to generation, but it is there. In the Garden of Eden, as man and woman fell into sin, their creator had immediately promised that one who was the seed of the woman would defeat the serpent. And through the generations, God had preserved the human race, and the world was populated. Generations later, a man by the name of Abram was called by God from the idolatry of humanity into a relationship with him. And then God made a promise to Abram, now to be called Abraham, and to his wife Sarah, will be born a son. Now the challenging part of God's promise of a son to Abraham and Sarah was that they were long past the age for bearing children. 
Though they had been married for years, Sarah had never conceived a child. And the very idea of having a son at their age would be, well, impossible. Yes, impossible. Except for one thing. It was God who made the promise. And with God, nothing is impossible. The promised son was to be named Isaac. But more important than his name was his role in God's redemption of all humanity. Isaac would be the bearer of a seed and the father of nations. From Isaac would come Jacob. From Jacob would come Judah. From Judah would come Jesse. From Jesse would come David. And from David would come Mary. And miracle of miracles from Mary, the virgin mother, would come the Christ, the seed promised to our first parents at the fall. Impossible? Again, not with God. Now, it's hard to imagine what Abraham must have felt as he heard this promise of the Lord who gave him Isaac. Oh, the joy that he and Sarah must have experienced when their son Isaac was finally born. And surely, like any parents, they invested much of themselves in this, this son of promise as he grew from infancy to childhood. This promised son must have just been the center of their world. And so what must have gone through Abraham's mind and heart as later he heard the very same Lord say, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. It's hard to imagine what Abraham must have been thinking and feeling hearing those words from God. But in an amazing act of obedience, Abraham prepared to fulfill this demand. He prepared the wood, the fire, and the knife. And there was his son Isaac, the son of promise, bound on the altar and wood. In Abraham's hand was the knife as he prepared to do the unthinkable, to kill his only son. Until God said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Imagine that scene. The future, embodied in Isaac, was on an altar about to be sacrificed. The future now appeared dark and horrifying, except except for one thing. Abraham, as the writer to the Hebrews would express it, considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. You know, Abraham could not see the future, but he trusted the Lord who held the future. And he knew that with God, all things were possible. And you know what? The very same thing can be said of us. You know, it's hard to know what the future will hold, especially now with the pandemic going on and everything else. But although we don't know the future, we don't know what the future holds for us, we still go forward and trust completely and confidently in the Lord. We know that God has never and will never fail us. God's promises can never fail. Abraham knew that, you know it, and I know it. Just look at what happens through this son of promise, Isaac. He lives, and though he fails and fails over and over, he still fulfills God's purpose. The generations of Isaac's descendants continue through the centuries. 
The promised seed remains in the line that God had chosen to bear a Savior, not just for that family, but for all the children of Adam, including you and me. Abraham rejoiced when his son was born. He rejoiced when his son was spared. And he rejoiced at the promise of a son yet to come. And we rejoice also in the promised seed, who, as the angel would declare, we would call by the name of Jesus. Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He is the seed promised. He is the root from which Jesse's tree grows. He is the reconciler of the past, the redeemer of the present, and the hope of the future. And Isaac was a seed. And we know that seed in human form in the virgin-born Son of God, the very Lamb of God. And when Isaac was spared from Abraham's knife, the Lord provided a sacrifice in Isaac's place, a ram caught in a thicket. And in the very same way, he also provides a substitute for you and me and for all of humanity, and that's Jesus Christ, the very Lamb of God. One sacrifice for all time and for all people. One death in place of our deaths. One tomb in place of our tombs. And one resurrection by which we too shall be raised on the last day. And one baptism that we share where we are connected to Christ in his death and his resurrection. One supper where he brings life, forgiveness, and peace. And so as we look for hope for joy, and for certainty. We see and find that it's all found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.